we've done roughly oh, 100 e-commerce sites. We manage roughly about 70 now um, with marketing on top of that, uh, creating our own templates and apps also. Hey, I'm Blake, and this is the Content Plus Commerce Podcast, presented by Engine Ecommerce, the only podcast for people building successful online stores. From agency life to being a lone freelancer, we'll be bringing you weekly content full of best practices and in-the-trenches advice. Hey, this is Blake back for another episode of Content Plus Commerce by Engine. Uh, today, I've got Brandon Kirkland of Epic Shops with me. How are you today, Brandon? I'm awesome. Thank Good. you, Blake. Yeah, yeah. So I'm super pumped uh, that you're joining us for this podcast today. Uh, first off, what I want to know, what's your story? How did you end up founding a digital agency? Um, so first, thanks for having me, Blake. Um, yeah, I'd love to tell you. So the uh, roughly a little over 10 years ago, we just had our 10-year anniversary. We were, uh, my wife and I had started a flower shop, so I kind of got into the florist vertical. And so there was a lot of <clears throat> uh, florists that were using the default FTD, Teleflora, 1-800-Flowers websites, which were, were pretty bad. And at that time, I started searching around for uh, e-commerce platforms and software as a solution type e-commerce was just coming out. Shopify was around, Volusion, uh, big commerce had just uh, just started. Um, and um, I knew that this was the future. I knew that for a small amount of money per month, um, giving someone the uh, the same business or the same um, platform as a multi-million dollar company uh, was definitely the uh, uh, a model that was going to be around for quite a while. So we jumped on with big commerce and um, we kind of started in the floral industry. And so we've done roughly oh, 100 e-commerce sites. We manage roughly about 70 now um, with marketing on top of that, uh, creating our own templates and apps also. So that's kind of the backstory of where we're at. And oh, about two years ago, we started getting a lot more leads outside of the floral industry. So we're doing our fastest growing uh, part of the company is actually online marketing for non-floral companies. So that's kind of where we're at now. So first of all, 10 years, like that's, that's impressive for like a, and just an agency by itself. And then B, especially for an e-com agency, like I, I can only imagine like the trends and changes in the market uh, that you've seen over the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. That is fantastic. So, uh, Epic shops, obviously, like while you're like your probably your original area of expertise was floral shops, you guys have expanded out. Um, and are you still primarily using big commerce? Tell me a little about like the tools that you use when you approach building out a site for a client. What are your go to tools as an agency? Yeah, so just to, to back up a little bit, we were Epic Flowers for like eight years and we decided because we were starting to get a lot other, you know, non floral business, we rebranded as Epic Shops, luckily. That URL was available, which was really weird. We got really lucky with that URL. So um, uh, as for tools, you know, obviously <laughs> most most web developers, you know, word, use WordPress. And so we've used WordPress, but we weren't going to build off WooCommerce because it's not a you know an e-commerce platform. It's a plugin. And so and there's a lot of things that come with uh, WooCommerce. And so we, we needed to move off of WordPress. So for the tools that we use right now, it's big commerce. Um, and um, we uh, have built, uh, we've got, I think, 13 web apps that we currently host. And so a lot of the tools that we use, we create ourselves. 
and we offer a little, you know, a little software as a service model ourselves. And so, um, when it comes to, you know, you know, I think some review sites, uh, review, um, like Trustpilot, Trustspot, they're both great. We use both of those guys. Um, when it comes to email remarketing, which is really, 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 really important that I think a lot of online business owners there, they'll say, well, I've got Constant Contact or Mad Meme or, or even MailChimp isn't quite there yet. <clears throat> but uh, having the integration with Clavio or, or Remarketing, um, we use Remarketing where um, we use their white label and, um, you know, to be able to send segmented, automated, smart emails that people like, you know, that's the future. So um, those are some of the tools that we use and stand behind. Um, as for like a marketing tool, you know, we're all in for HubSpot. So uh, but those, those are kind of like our main tools. Makes sense to me. So one thing that I would love to drill into further uh, and that I know that our listener base will, will really care about, you mentioned that you guys have uh, like some of your own software, your own plugins, et cetera, that you've developed. Uh, we hear this a lot um, and I, we do too at Engine. Like we have our, we're kind of outside of our own platform. Obviously we have kind of our go-to plugins and modifications that we maintain. Uh, I always love to hear like what made you decide to kind of maintain your own versus just going out to the big commerce plugin store and, and pulling those in. And uh, the reason why we do that and why like a bunch of our past clients have kind of their own maintained plugins is they found that on these plugin stores, sometimes some of these plugins, A, are not reliable or B, like there's that fear of, uh, relying on a core piece of functionality for a plugin that you don't maintain, that you don't know who is maintaining it or keeping up with it, adds to a little bit of fear to the client side. Yeah, both of those are uh, great examples. I think I would add on to that. It kind of organically also happens. Um, not all of our plugins, but at the beginning. Um, the floral industry is very picky when it comes to local delivery cutoff times. Um, you know, we don't deliver on this date. Um, so we had to actually organically build out our our local and national um, kind of delivery service, uh, you know, for a date picker basically is what it is, but it's kind of a date picker on steroids. Um, but another reason besides the ones you mentioned, having more control, knowing what's happening, we know that it's not going to go down on a client. Um, you know, they're not going to go out of business and then it makes us look bad um, is we, uh, like, for example, um, we created a, an app um, called loyalty plus there are some great loyalty apps out there. They're 10 times better than our app. They're so much better. And they're only a little bit more money than ours. Um, so why did we do that? Because what we did is we took, everything we do is about conversion rate optimization. And what we did was we said, okay, here's the set of this loyalty. Um, these are the, um, this, this is what this loyalty plugin can do and it's way better than ours. What are the pieces in this loyalty program that we can use to make it like 95% awesome. And so we would do that. And so we took those pieces out. We didn't build a full blown plugin because we know that this 95% of this functionality is what makes somebody successful um, when it comes to what we want to do. So um, that's another reason why we built the plugins. Like yeah, that. completely. It's like the, uh, how can I get the majority of the benefit for the minimum of the features that I then don't have to like have all this extra stuff running alongside of it or uh, like learning how to do something else in a different applications admin, that whole thing. Exactly. And you know, Steve Jobs did that when he made the iPhone. He said, you know what? 90% of people use 
their phone for five things. Let's focus on those five things. Let's, let's not be the Android and do everything and confuse them and give them so many different options. They only want to search their internet. They only want to buy stuff. They only want to make a phone call. Let's focus on that. And so that's kind of that same philosophy. Yeah, it's a, it's a refreshing way of thinking about things versus the how many – can I install 60 plugins to get everything I need to run my store? And then right. people are like, why, do, why does my site take eight seconds to load? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, – you, you touched on the, the CRO word uh, in the answer to your last question, so I'd love to dive into that because I know that you mentioned uh, when we first set up this call, one of the things you wanted to talk about was the importance for all web devs to understand CRO and to think about the client's needs, not their ego, not the design. So uh, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate and play dumb here. So tell me why I can't just build a beautiful website and then expect sales to happen magically. <laughs> um, because there's the psychology. Well, the, 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 the thinking about what you just said is all about you. And it's not all about you. It's all about the customer. And so a lot of us, um, you know, uh, human ego, you know, we're building our side out. We're making it look good. We're doing what we think. You know, there's several times I've had to ask a client, and it's kind of awkward, especially at first, not so much now, but it's kind of awkward. And most business owners aren't their target market. So I'll ask them, oh, that's interesting. So, you know, like, for example, a florist once said, I want a black background with a butterfly flying across because that's going to make people feel good and they're going to like it. And then, and I said, Oh, do you buy flowers online? And she's like, Oh no. And I go, <laughs> I go, well then it's kind of moot what you think. And, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, it doesn't matter what, and I'm not your target market either, but let's take a look. Let's type in one top 100 um, e-commerce sites. How many of them have black backgrounds? Zero. Do you think there's a reason why they're all white? Do you think that Amazon just kind of rolled the dice or do you think there's an actual reason? Because there's a, there's a room full of dozens of people that get paid six figures to figure this stuff out. So, um, the, so it goes back to, you know, CRO is in, in, um, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. It's not that old of a science. And it's basically the psychology of why, you know, how you get someone to convert to do what you want them to do. And with e-commerce, it's, you know, put money in your pocket. And it just drives me, well, on one hand, it drives me crazy that a lot of web development agencies, they have no idea what it is. Um, but on the other hand, it's like, great, that's more money for me. Because when I talk to a lead and I talk to them about CRO, they always, it's always the same. Like, that's exactly what I want. And it's, and again, it goes back to, you know, I can make your site beautiful, but I'd rather make you rich. And so, and there's a fine line between, you know, form and function. Obviously, you're not going to make a crap site that's all about, you know, um, function, but there's got to be some form. It's got to look sexy, but also remember, it's the customer that we have to think about. Customer, 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 and how they can put their money in your pocket and not stroke your ego because you got a sexy website to show all your friends. Yeah, I, I love that. That that philosophy lines up so well with the way uh, that we approach kind of e-commerce engine as well. Like one of the tools that we use uh, are personas, where we'll go in and give fake names to the people that we uh, we're making educated guesses about that are using our software, and we'll say, "Hey, this is Sally, and she's this age, and she has this level of education, and here's the TV shows she watches." And we really drill into kind of that customer mindset. And I I, I know that like that kind of driving force really, really can help you hone in on like who is actually using this versus just can I make something beautiful that's easy for me to use? Mm -hmm. Yep. 
So next question, uh, one thing I always love to hear from agencies is what is your best, like our agency got to be the hero story? <clears throat> oh, <laughs> um, uh, you know, we're working with a, um, we're working with a, uh, a local nonprofit and they're so awesome called dogs for better lives. And so they, for free, they work on donations and uh, grants for free. They train these dogs to help uh, kids with autism, um, uh, adults or kids that are deaf. Um, and um, they're, they're real true service dogs. And so um, working with them has been pretty fulfilling. And they were kind of gun shy working with us at first. But um, they because they work totally off of grants and donations. And these dogs, I think they cost around $30,000 to train. And not all dogs make it either. So it's pretty intense. And so being able to come in and be the agency that, you know, that, that actually stepped up and they've been saying, you know, everything we did for them from the, all the campaigns, we created, um, we created some videos for them, like how to, and you can take a look at their website or on Facebook, um, <clears throat> how to spot an imposter dog, you know, cause everybody, a lot of service animals have, they just put that on there and they're not really a service animal. And so it kind of makes service animals look bad a lot of times. And there's this negative, uh, outlook, but, um, what we've done is we've restored their faith in a digital agency. Um, we've created landing pages, a full media um, campaign that actually converted, and they're actually up on their donations, their visits, and everything, and everything is um, going really well. So I guess that might be uh, our hero moment. It's something that I, I feel proud that um, that's actually doing something good um, that's not all about you know the e-commerce piece. But it's about converting those donations and and you know being able to you know help people with autism and deaf people um, and for free and it doesn't cost them a dime. That is really awesome. It it is so cool to see like agencies using their skills and like the expertise you've honed over the years for social good and turning that around and turning it into something that's like doing real good for good people outside of a shopping experience or just like a outside of consumerism even. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, it's All nice. right. It feels good. <laughs> so now we're, we're coming to the end. And the, the last question that we wrap up every episode of Content Plus Commerce with is, what's something coming like down the pipe in the e-commerce space in the next year, two years, that you think may surprise some people? Um, it's something I've been predicting. It's something that we've been trying to work on. And I believe that the future of e-commerce is all, it's all about kind of like what you're saying, the customer journey. So it's all about automating and segmenting and creating custom um, shopping experiences. And the way that you do that is a little creepy. So I'll explain. So on one hand, you've got the data and you know um, about this person looking at your site. But on the other hand, you, you want to know that so you can customize that shopping experience. So I believe and I think that web e-commerce sites are going to become more sophisticated and they're going to know that this person is on the site, what their average order is, what they've ordered in the past, and that site is going to change um, and it's going to cater to that specific person. So let me just give you an example. What if you were to walk into Target, for example, and right when you walked in, instead of you going and looking for everything, everything just showed up right there on the front aisle right when you walked in. 
boom, there it is, easy, convenient. Now you can walk around a course and go to the back and buy diapers for your, you know, your nephew who was just born or whatever, but everything is right there and it's a custom shopping experience. And so on one hand, it's kind of creepy because uh, e-commerce companies are looking at it, but if you look at statistics and you look at what people want, they want a better shopper experience. It outweighs that kind of, oh, they know, you know, what I'm doing. And, you know, e-commerce companies, you know, because data and, you know, everybody knowing information is the, you know, the, everybody's afraid of that. But if it's something that's used to create a better shopping experience, I think in my heart um, is a good thing um, as long as it's not used um, in a bad way, because for example, here's a bad way. Hey, this guy's average order is $200. Well, this is usually normally $100, but since his average order is $200, let's bump that price up to $200. That is horrible. That's bad, and that's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about creating a better relationship and a better customer experience automatically and segmented. That's fantastic. It's it's almost eerie because uh, internally we call that adaptive e-commerce engine. And a couple of things you're mentioning, I swear you would have uh, read off of our internal roadmap. But that being said, this was a fantastic episode, Brandon. I, I appreciate you taking the time. And I know our listeners are going to love this. Thanks, Blake. I appreciate it having me. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe. Also, if you'd like to talk to Engine about our agency partner program, then visit enginecommerce.com slash agency.